Yeah, it's great to be with you, and uh, I had so many great things about you. <laughs> you know, you're, you're a really courageous people. Today's a really courageous day. It's a real signal of intent of who, who you are and what you want to see happen in this area. And uh, really, I'm sure it pleases the heart of God, because he absolutely loves this area, and he loves you. And he loves doing stuff with his kids, with his children. Something wonderful about that. So I just want to talk really just about one section of that prayer, which is our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That we can come to the conclusion, if we watch the TV and the media, that the church is irrelevant and that the church is outdated and that people have matured now onto greater things. But that's not the truth. The truth is the church, um, Church of the Cross, Church of Christ the King, churches, other churches in this area are the hope of the world. That, that's who you are. You're, you are the hope of the world. And we're a unique, peculiar people because everything else where people gather into groups, that group exists just for itself. So if you are into tennis and you join a tennis club, you gather to the tennis club and it exists for the tennis club members or a chess club or theatre club or book clubs. But the church exists primarily for the good of its (laughs) non-members. And in coming and being part of community and being part of a, a, a group of believers, of course we get strengthened, of course we get built up, of course we get encouraged, of course loads of good things are happening this morning for us who have gathered. But actually deep in our hearts is we're here for those who don't yet know, and we're here for those who don't yet know the good news, and we're here for those who, as it were, don't know that God gives out chocolate. <laughs> that's, that's who we are we're, we're carriers of good news heaven loves you Jesus is made away and so in these verses when the disciples say teach us how to pray we want to learn how to pray Jesus says he, God is your father ask that everything around you will be increasingly like it is in heaven on earth as it is now in heaven As it is right now in heaven, let it be right here. And so the mission of Church of the Cross, the mission of the church, is the gradual transformation, bit by bit, of an area becoming more and more flavoured by the reality of heaven, bit by bit. Like the yeast that works through the dough, works through the leaven. Little bit by little bit, like the seed that gets planted, the mustard seed, the smallest seed that grows and grows and grows and becomes this huge tree that the birds of the air can find shelter and nest in. Although it starts tiny and looks insignificant, yet in the heart of God it's doing something, it's working through. Don't despise the days of small beginnings, he's doing something. So it's our mission then as believers is that for every environment to be more and more flavoured and more and more to look like heaven. 
that our hearts are to be more and more filled with the reality of heaven on, on earth as it is in heaven. It starts in the heart, and we'll unpack that a bit more later on. That our hearts be flavoured by heaven. That our families, that our marriages, that this community, that the workplaces that we go to, that our supermarkets, that the health system, the provision for justice, all become more and more on earth as it already is in heaven. And we can say, what is heaven like? You know, what is heaven like? Because Jesus is saying, heaven isn't just a place we're going to. Heaven isn't just a place we're going to go to when we die. It's not we're waiting to go to heaven. Jesus is saying this reality, this realm, this kingdom can break into here and now, can, can manifest here and now. It's not just a thing that we're going to one day. It's heaven can break in. And I know there's a fullest sense of experiencing the realities that we go into. And one of those are... One of those experiences is the brand new body that Jesus has promised us, a resurrection body, a glorious body like his body. And there are things that we can see that are as yet to come. And yet he's saying, let it be now on earth as it is in heaven. There is a dimension that we can expect and anticipate to break into here. And we know that in heaven there, there's no sickness. That it's a place of complete health and wholeness and shalom and completeness. And Jesus is saying, on earth as it is in heaven, anticipate increase, anticipate more healings, anticipate physical bodies lining up to the reality of heaven. And I'm sure you're aware that in these days, there's a speeding up of what God is doing in the earth. More and more and more people are getting healed. God is doing more and more miraculous things. And sometimes... For you guys, from from lots of different nations, you say, yeah, it's always been like that. <laughs> it's always been like that. But in my family, we always saw the sick healed. We, were, we saw the dead raised. We were seeing the blind see, and we saw the deaf hear and the lame walk. But it's happening more and more in Western Europe. <laughs> because it, we, we have struggled with these things sometimes. But it's breaking in more and more amongst us the reality of heaven. It's just wait a moment, because heaven can break in right now. But if you know in your body you're sick, if it's appropriate, lay your hand on your own body and say, let it be on earth as, as it is in heaven now. To that, speak to your body. Jesus says, command the sickness. Oh, we can do that right now in his presence. If you're sick in any way, lay your hand on that if you can. And command it to line up with heaven, even now. So we just want to speak to any sicknesses here in the name of Jesus and say, line up with heaven. Let it be on earth as it is in heaven. Because in heaven there's no sickness. So we say, let the the reality of the kingdom break in now in the name of Jesus. Let respiratory things, asthma, let heaven break in on breathing right now. Let heaven break in on lower backs right now. Let heaven break in on trapped nerves and release them right now. Because we're believing in a king who isn't just a one who does healing, but he is the healer. When he walks in the room, everything changes. We anticipate that. 
We anticipate that. So later on, check out your body. Check out to see if there's a difference. Recently, um, a trap nerve in my left leg got healed. And I, I, I was in a conference and I had to look for some stairs to run up to test it. And I couldn't find the stairs because I, I have this tendency to get lost very easily. And that's something God has to heal. So um, I, came, I, I, I came back and said I couldn't find the stairs to test them out, which made people laugh. And I, we prayed again and I ran up the stairs and my leg has been really good now. for It's been good for two weeks. Amen. So that's a nerve that came out. And so in heaven, he's the God of all wisdom. So... Heaven knows everything immediately. God knows everything about everything in an instant. He's never perplexed. He never has to say, I'll, I'll get back to you and try and understand that. <laughs> I remember I was teaching a media course, and one of the subjects I said yes I would do was I taught radio. And I knew nothing about radio. I didn't know how the equipment worked. I said yes I would teach it, because basically you just said yes, because you, you, you need the work. And so, <laughs> so the technique was this. When I hit to what I didn't understand, I said this would be a really good time for a coffee break. And they were all around 16. Yeah, yes, sir, whatever. This, let's have coffee. I would run and get a book and read up and understand the technology, <laughs> grab a technician, try and understand it. And then they'd come back and it'd all be, yeah, we're all ready to go again. God isn't like that. God isn't like that. He doesn't come across something and say, I'm perplexed about that. I, I, yeah, I feel hopeless about that too. And, and uh, yeah, you've got permission to feel hopeless now because even I don't have a solution. Now, heaven has solutions. On earth as it is in heaven. God can give you ideas and solutions in your day-to-day work for problems that no one else has a solution to. And you don't have to dress it up and say, I'm going to pray about this to God. We don't know what to do here. Got any ideas? Got any thoughts? This company is not making a profit like it needs to. It looks like they're going to lay some people off, God. Can we have some wisdom? Heaven has solutions in the very, very practical things. In heaven there's no chaos. There's perfect divine order. So we can be in an area where there's social issues and there's social problems and we can say, what are the answers, God? What would it look like for heaven to come to earth amongst our young people, in our education system, in our health system, in our environment? What would it look like for heaven to come to earth? One of the things is perfect love casts out fear. So if there's fear in a community, you know that that's a place that heaven will be attracted to, to break off fear. If there's fear of crime or fear of different aspects, perfect love drives out all fear. And so as a people, our calling is to show off God. To show him off. (laughs) That... Jesus says it's actually to our Father's glory that we bear much fruit so people will ask about our Father and glorify him. That people will look on at you and say, I want a father like yours. I want a dad like yours. Who's your dad? (laughs) That the kids would so reflect the joy and the hope and the purpose of heaven that people would look on at you and me and say, I want to meet your father. I want to meet your father. It's like, the, it, it's the proud moment of a mum or dad who goes to an open evening at their school and the teachers say, we've wanted to meet your son or your daughter's mum and dad. And you're proud because in that, in that sense, your child glorifies you in the right sense. He wants us to show him off. 
And as a church family, the community wants to look in on you and are going to look in on you and say, Church of the Cross, I want to be part of a family like you. That's what he's doing. That's what he is doing right now. He's establishing us as people. Where people look in and say, I want a father like yours and I want to be part of a family like this. How do I get in? And we might be thinking, how do you do this? How do you, how do you establish more of heaven on earth? Because you can think, this sounds like it's impossible. I can't do it. I can't do this. And that's the answer, you can't do it. You cannot do it. So sometimes we've believed the idea that we can impact an area and a geography and make it more like heaven through gritted teeth, white knuckles, determination, we're going to do it, we're going to have the sweat of our brow, we're going to make this happen. And there are work to be done. Like today, someone will be lighting the barbecue, someone will be cooking the burgers, someone will be looking after the bouncy castle, other people will be praying blessing on people, people will be putting leaflets through doors and inviting people. There are things we do in the yoke with Jesus, but it's entirely impossible without him. One of the greatest quotes I ever read, um, Guy John Wimber, healing ministry in the 80s and 90s, He was struggling to see the kingdom come, struggling to see the sick healed, prayed for hundreds of people and see nothing happened. And Jesus came up to him and said, since you can do nothing, how much help do you need? (laughs) (laughs) We're going to do a lot of stuff today. A lot of stuff. It's good, good stuff. But he would still come up to us and say, since you can do nothing, CCK, Church of the Cross, how much help do you need? John Wimber says he went away for five years not understanding the question and went back to work. Five years later, Jesus came up to him and said, since you can do nothing, how much help do you need? And then he began to get it. That God doesn't want us to produce goodness for him. He wants to produce goodness in us. He doesn't want us to do the kingdom for us. He wants to do the kingdom first in us and then through us. That the kingdom is what God does. But we're his children, and we're in the yoke with him, and we're doing stuff with him. But he's the one really doing all the pulling. Jesus is the big ox. (laughs) He's the big ox. He wants a little little ox in there with him so we can learn about being with him and doing some pulling. But really, he's the big ox. He's the real one who pulls. We're in it with him. So all transformation begins in a gift. The transformation of our hearts, the transformation of a location, the yeast that gradually works through the dough, that all begins as a gift. It's the gift of spiritual adoption. All starts there. He comes to us. He initiates something with us. He comes by his spirit and reveals to us that we needed a saviour. That we needed our sin dealing with. That there was something between us and him. And that Jesus came to deal with that. And it starts in that moment of gift. Where he reveals himself as wonderful and glorious and holy and majestic and awesome. And then we look at our sin and say, how can I be friends with you. How can I come into this family with such a glorious father? I've fallen short of the glory. 
And then he says, I've made a way. Jesus has made a way. Jesus' life, Jesus' death, Jesus' resurrection has meant, I'll give you a gift of, you're no longer falling short of the glory. I'll lift you up and give you a glory, John 17 says. We're wonderfully glorious, we're wonderfully clean, we're wonderfully righteous. It starts as a gift of spiritual adoption. It starts as a wonderful gift of justification, where we get legally pronounced, not guilty, court adjourned, you're free. But what about this I did? What about this I didn't do? What about this I said? What about this I thought? What about this good intention that never actually got realised? All on him, all on him, all on him, no condemnation, not guilty. And not just forgiven, but brought into a family and adopted and loved with a spiritual inheritance, with a father that we get to call Abba, Father, that wonderful sign of intimacy. And so when we come to a day like this, the pressure is completely off. We're not blessing a community to get assurance. We've already got it through Jesus as a gift. We're, we're not doing work to get connection with him. We're already connected. It's all given as a gift. Heart connection, acceptance. Heaven invades our heart. And then, as we come to him, his love, his joy, his wholeness begins to grow in our heart. I think we're called to evangelism by jealousy. This is our calling. I'm going to enjoy the Father. I'm going to enjoy Holy Spirit. I'm going to enjoy Jesus. I'm going to enjoy the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, wholeness. These are things that are growing. There's contentment springing up. There's joy springing up. I'm tapping into the perfection of heaven, the joy of heaven, the happiness of heaven, the peace of heaven. And I'm enjoying it. And that's not going to just stay inside you. That's going to begin to leak out and splash out and drip out and come out all over the place. And you're not even trying. All you're doing is, I'm enjoying God. I'm enjoying God. I'm tapping into who he is. I'm enjoying who he is in me. And it's going to come into your families and into your marriages and into your homes and into the supermarket and into this area. And all you're really doing is believing what he says. Believing his affection towards you. Believing your status as much loved, glorious sons and daughters that are spotless and righteous and clean. And his pleasure begins to leak out and overflow and splash out. And so, to finish then, we pray on earth as it is in heaven. We pray that in our private walk with God, in our devotions with God as a church and as a community, we pray more of heaven on earth, God. More of heaven on earth, God. More of heaven on earth, God. And then, through days like today, through risk and through faith, we say, Father, with you, we're going to be in the yoke with you, Jesus. We're going to intentionally do something, as Jonathan said. We put July the 19th in the diary. That's a signal of intent to the community. We love you. We're here for you. We're going to bless you. And then through faith, we begin to take some steps. We begin to take some steps. And so as a people, we move from being thermostats. You know, like the thermostat just tells you what the temperature is. 
just tells you whether it's 20 or 18 or 17 degrees in a room. And then we change to becoming a thermo- a, the, 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 whatever I'm going to say. It's the, the opposite. We don't become the thermostat. We were the thermometer. That's it. We're becoming thermostats. That's it. Thermostats that actually set the spiritual temperature. Not just measuring it. And sometimes we can think this prophecy just to say this, are, this area is hard for the gospel. No one, you know, we can say people are not interested in Jesus here. We can think we're, prophe- we're, we're prophesying. Actually, no, we're just, we think we're measuring the temperature when actually we are the thermostat. We're, we're going to set the temperature. You guys are setting the temperature. You have been setting the temperature. Today you're just putting the dial up a bit more and saying... Tends me this area is just going to get a little bit hotter with the goodness of God. It's just, we're setting it because who we are, we get to set the temperature, not the news, not the reports of whether people are interested in Jesus or not. No, we are setting the temperature as we cook burgers and hand them to them and say we we just bless you. We're going to create community here. We, we're creating community here. We're setting the temperature of connectedness between the people groups. We're, we're doing that because that's who we are. We've already been connected through Jesus. And now we're going to demonstrate that to you. We're going to connect you together. We're going to tell you that there are no hopeless situations, that we know the healer. We're going to tell you about a king who does heal depression and breaks off hopelessness. We're going to tell you about a king who provides work and housing and and the goodness of God. These are all things of the temperature of heaven coming. And we're going to flavour every environment we go into. And we're going to celebrate every, every step. Every step of this yeast that works its way through a batch of dough. We're going to say it doesn't really matter if these are days of small beginnings. Actually, maybe God's doing a lot more than you realise. Elijah, in a moment of... Depression said, I'm the only one. And God said to him, actually there are 7,000 others who have not yet bowed the knee to Baal. Who knows what God is doing? There's a great speaker I heard, Steve Backing was saying, he's at least doing 7,000 times more than we realise. <laughs> yeah, so God, we, we want to thank you that we are those who are called to be carriers of the flavour of heaven. And God, we thank you that we do this out of joy, of just enjoying you, enjoying your affection, enjoying your love, enjoying your goodness. We thank you we do this out of rest, without striving. We do this, God, celebrating every single contribution that people will bring. Every single way that we express it, we celebrate it, God. We celebrate it as it gets expressed in hospitality of serving food and drink. We celebrate it as it gets expressed in maybe praying for the sick and speaking hope and life over people. We just celebrate every single person here. We celebrate the uniqueness of each person. And we just thank you, Father, that you say to us that we don't have to be in a box that says this is how evangelism looks, this is how mission looks. We can be ourselves simply in love with God simply convinced of your goodness God and we do speak to this area uh, and we just say to it we're, we're here to bless you and we're here to do you good and as a church we're here to set the temperature here bit by bit by bit 
that we're setting the temperature of hope. We're going to be setting the temperature of love. We're going to be bringing solutions and strategies over time. That we're going to bring transformation to chaos. And where there's hopelessness, there's going to be hope. And where there's depression, there's going to be laughter. And where there's restlessness, let the peace of heaven come. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.